everybody. Welcome to the Pandemic Professors Podcast. This is episode 28, if you can believe it. I'm Carol Pardon. And I'm Kelly Bowling. And we are here to talk about all things pandemic in the academic world and all the craziness that that relates to that has been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks, which seems like years and years and years. Um, <laughs> but we are we are getting through it. And uh, we laugh because you've got to laugh at this kind of stuff. But we are taking this virus seriously. So Kelly, who is our guest today? Yes, well, today we have a repeat guest, which I'm very excited about. We have Dean Marie Harden. She is the dean of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communication at Penn State. Uh, Dean Harden was with us on our fourth episode, if you can believe that. So everything was super new and novel and I was going to say sparkly, but I don't know that it was sparkly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was new and novel. Uh, And so we had some really good conversations with Marie and we wanted to have her back just as an update to see how the spring semester panned out and then how things are going in the fall. Um, So Marie, welcome. We are thrilled to have you back. Thank you. I'm glad to be with you. And I have to congratulate you on blowing through your 25th anniversary and you called it 25th anniversary <laughs> because you said that, uh, you know, the wigs feel like years and I would have to agree with you. But I, I will yeah, also absolutely. tell you that I, I do hope that you don't, you know, you, I do hope that you don't, uh, I have to tell you, don't reach 50 for the pandemic. Oh, professors. <laughs> Um, yes, yes. Nothing, nothing would make us happier than to say this was over and there was nothing left to talk about. Um, yes. yes, Well, Kelly, absolutely. you know, I think I think we were a little sparkly back then, and I think Marie was a little sparkly with us back then. No, you're right. You're right. Yes, it right? all seemed kind of it had a novelty to it that is worn off. Right. And that we, we all seemed like we had sort of the energy to try all the innovative things and how, you know, we could rise to the challenge. And now I'm like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Save it for another day. Exactly. <laughs> Let me tell you where I've gotten. Um, I know the last time I talked to you, I talked to you about how I would always make sure to wear a scarf on Zoom. Yes. Listen, there have been days where I'm like, yeah, who cares? Yes. <laughs> Exactly. That's fantastic. (laughs) Uh, Marie, did I see that you're teaching in a ballroom? I am teaching in a ballroom. And um, in fact, I have a class later today in the Nittany Lion Inn ballroom because of social distancing, right? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So, and things are going, you know, things are going well for the class. We're in week eight. Um, The students are, thank goodness, they're still showing up. Uh, well, you're fortunate yeah. there. <laughs> well, not as many, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen the attendance kind of start taking a dip, and I've had more students writing me either, A, because they're in quarantine or isolation, right, or right. B, they're, they're just telling me they're too afraid to come to class. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that they feel so much more comfortable um, at the beach. (laughs) (laughs) So much safer. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, but anyways. I looked at the um, the numbers on on campus at Penn State, and it does look like it's it's taken a sharp dive. So it looks like it's really under control. Is that is that accurate? I would say that yeah, we've um, we've for whatever reason we've seen a decline. Now I will tell you, I wish I could tell you that it was because. Um, the virus is no longer spreading. I'm not sure that's the case. I think that part of the reason you're seeing the numbers decline, and I think this is probably happening at universities across the country, students are getting smarter about, um, they're figuring out, like they want to try to avoid the university testing because if they are, if they're positive, they don't want to go in quarantine or isolation for two weeks. They don't want to do it, do that. And so you have students who are, um, they're, they're testing outside the university. They're testing outside oh. even the county. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, all that being said, I will say I do feel very good about – I do think that much of the reason you're seeing those declining numbers is because we've kind of gotten into a rhythm. If people yeah. understand what they need to do, they also understand that if they do what they're supposed to do, that that helps a lot. Right. Um, right. And so we're seeing that too. But so it's a little bit of uh, several things happening there. Yeah. So I think it's the same on our campus. The um, positivity rates have gone way down. So at one point we were up to maybe even 20% were testing positive. And now, um, you know, it changes week by week, but really in the, um, it's not uncommon to have the under 1% of um, the rate of positivity of those who have been tested. So, yep. I, so I do think it is being somewhat controlled on um, college campuses, which I wish the rest of the country could observe and see, right. you know, that you, you can, if you um, wear a mask and yep. spend your time in the ballroom, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you can, you can right. handle it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And every, and I think it's good. I think it's a good thing that students are when they go to class because they have a faculty member standing in front of them modeling the right behavior. Right. Yeah. They have a faculty member every class. I thank my students for wearing a mask and socially distancing and I tell them to keep it up. And I yeah. feel like that's important, too, that they yeah, hear that yeah. message. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I think what's happening on campus from eight to five is really fantastic. It's yeah. the after five o'clock. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's yeah. so true. I, yeah, I had a student, I was talking to a group of students uh, recently. Um, we have an outdoor, we had an outdoor tent set up where we, we could do some group events and I would have like socially distanced little group gatherings with students. And I was asking a group that's of students, nice. I said, yeah, I said, it's doesn't seem to be very downtown seems to be really different very quiet and the students said to me they said no it's not it's it's just it's the way it's always been and I said well you know every morning I walk to work at around 9 a.m and I said I walk home around 6 p.m and I said it seems really quiet (laughs) and they said um after you know they said at night trust me it's exactly the way it used to be and so you know yeah yeah, yeah. So anyway, it's, it's hard to break habits. So, so Marie, one thing you talked about when we first had you on, um, and I think this was in our um, sparkly stage. So uh-huh. you mentioned that, you know, one of the 
you know, kind of benefits is that you had more free time because you weren't traveling as much. Uh, yeah. So I'm guessing that that has changed. You might not be traveling as much, but I'm guessing somehow, <laughs> somehow that um, sort of elusive free time has disappeared, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, you're right on that. Other stuff fills in it, you know, fills in it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, because now it's the new norm for for the deans to be around. Right, <laughs> so right. Plenty of work to fill in right, for the lack right. of travel. Yeah. Right. And how are you um, reaching your alums? Um, because you, know, you used to fly over all over the country yeah. to talk to them. What kind of things are yep. you doing now? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I will say I'm, I'm as busy with development as I've always been, which is yeah. nice. That's a very good thing, um, just without the travel. But the way we're doing it is Zoom, right? Yeah. So yeah. setting up Zoom calls, um, connecting students with donors, and, and, you know, I'm part of those conversations. So just a lot of, a lot more Zoom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's so, not sparkly. No, <laughs> you know, Zoom is so funny because um, so it's it's become a common word for us, right? And even if we are using right. other platforms, you know, it's sort of yeah. devolving to we're zooming. And yeah. um, I, I don't know if you were aware that this week Zoom had its virtual conference called Zoomtopia. Um, oh, wow. Yes, so I actually <laughs> signed up for it because I wanted to see what it would be like, right? And oh, wow. um, so it was people from all over the world. Well, probably three minutes into it, I was like, no, sorry. <laughs> that, yeah, you yeah. know, I have to do this for my life. I just really don't want to hear other people yapping about how great this is. <laughs> and so that was the end oh, of wow. my Zoomtopia experience. <laughs> <laughs> ask you all speaking of zoom have you all had any really funny zoom moments because i've had some funny zoom moments where people forget to turn off their camera they don't realize what they're doing that we can oh. that everybody can see have you you all have not had any of that i'll I give you think so i've had i had in my one early zoom meeting with some students who were going to be only online before you know, when I had this illusion that everyone else would be in person, um, that when I decided to Zoom with that small group of students, there there was a student in bed who seemed completely oh. unconcerned about the fact that she was talking to me while she was in bed. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. With but, students, that's definitely the case. Yeah. What but about you? Even, well, even with... Um, these, you know, these administrative meetings, right? So, so at Penn State, we have this very large contingent of administrators, you know, and we all get in these meetings together and the provost is talking and the president's talking. <laughs> and there's this one, and most of the time, most of the time, everybody has their camera off unless yeah. you're speaking. Right. And then right. you turn your camera on. Well, for whatever reason, one of the administrators who will go unnamed and there's no way anybody could guess because there are too many people on these, you know, we've, we've got plenty of bureaucracy here at Penn state. <laughs> one of the, one of the administrators for whatever reason turns her camera on and leaves it on. She does. I, she obviously doesn't remember she has it on. She's in her office here at Penn state. We have a no smoking policy. Oh no. She lights up and she starts smoking. No. 
yes, and she doesn't realize. And then finally, like, I just happened to catch her. I mean, I mean, I just, I, you know, I don't know that, you know how those Zoom calls, you, you it could be that nobody else saw it because right. you, know, you got five screens of people. Right. And, um, I, I saw her, I, I saw her just at the moment when she realized she had her <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. And the look on her face was just classic. Anyway, that camera went off very quickly. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> Were you able to get a screenshot right before it went <laughs> off? <laughs> I was not. I was not. And then there was, and then there have been times when I've been in meetings, and again, you just wonder why do people have the cameras on? Where people are falling asleep yes. in front <gasps> of the camera. Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. And you, wow. you know, what can you do? You can't do anything. It's not like you can send them something in the private chat. They That's don't right. have their <laughs> eyes open. That's right. That's right. <laughs> But, you know, the reality is with that, um, none of us think that is strange now, right? So <laughs> that's, that's how you know the little I, sparkly has all rubbed <laughs> off. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely it has. Yeah. Right. Funny, so, but not unexpected. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> totally. Um, also, not. when we talked in the fourth episode, um, Marie, one of the things you said was you hope this would help us understand the value of the in-residence experience. Oh, yeah. I sort of feel like we've gotten there. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. I do think, have you all thought about how the, the you know, what's going to be different about teaching and learning after this is over. I mean, another, what, what are the good things that we will take from this? Hmm. Yeah. Good things. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think, I think the good things are also the bad things. So the good thing is that Mm. um, everyone is now fairly comfortable with technology in a way that they weren't before. Right. Like when I think about it, our university, in order to teach online, you had to go through so many hoops to get approved to do that. And, you know, so all these module of learning and blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, the um, virus hit last spring and it's like, okay, everybody, you're online and everybody did it. And so all of a sudden there's not really conversation about you need training for this, right? Because, I mean, that train Mm. has sort of left the station. Um, (laughs) And so, you know, in that sense, I think it's, Good, And I think it's good that the students have been um, pushed in that technology in that way. But I think I think it's equally bad on that because I worry that the university will look at us and say, y'all are so good at this. Just let let's have this be the university from here on out. Um, And and that makes me nervous. Yeah, it makes me nervous. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say some of the technology has been exciting. Um, A couple of classes I've used Slack, and I'm actually now in like a global uh, group of academics who study podcasts. And so we've got... (laughs) Of course you are. (laughs) (laughs) We've got folks in Australia, in Cairo, in, you know, Canada, sort of all over. And we pick, you know, the time zone that's the least inconvenient for everybody. Yeah. But we have an ongoing Slack conversation. We meet once a month on Zoom and it's like what Marie described, you know, five screens of people. Um, and we meet once a month on Zoom and but we have this ongoing Slack conversation where there are different 
Slack threads where one's about research, one's about, oh, hey, yeah. have you listened to this podcast and this podcast? And so I've enjoyed that, you know, as a professional, yeah. um, staying in touch with other folks literally worldwide. I've found some amazing Australian podcast to listen to. Um, but also in the classroom as well, where, you know, could move group discussions into Slack instead of, you know, Blackboard, where oh, they weren't really point. as responsive. Yeah. yeah. Um, so things like that, I think, could still be used in an in-person situation to carry the conversation outside of the classroom. I think that's yeah. excellent. Yeah. What about you, Marie? Because um, you're, you know, it's unusual. Deans don't always teach. Um, mm -hmm. So I know, you know, our dean this semester is in part to, you know, help with the, um, you know, financial issues and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you've always been a fantastic teacher. And so, you know, I don't know what your normal teaching load is, but I'm impressed that you're teaching this semester. So, um, yeah, yeah. I really wanted to, uh, I really wanted to, to, teach this semester because I felt as though uh, it was important for me to understand the faculty experience yeah, um, and yeah. to understand the students experience. I do teach one, one credit class a year. So it's not, it's okay. not a lot. Yeah. It's a large class. It usually has between a hundred and 125 students in it. Um, yeah. And so, and I am going to, I did decide, and this will be the a first for me, uh, I am going to teach a very small class, just again, just a one credit class, a small class in the spring, because again, I want to, um, I just want to continue to understand this experience for students and faculty as it evolves, yes, um, yes. because I think we'll be making, we're going to be making decisions coming out of this pandemic uh, based a lot, I think, on the experience we've had in it. Yeah. And uh, I just want to understand it. So um, I'm really enjoying the teaching. I'm really enjoying the I'm having fun with the I call them the zoomies and the roomies. Right. So you got, <laughs> oh, that's you good. Got, that's good. Yeah, I like that. In the room, you got the students on Zoom. And yeah. I've enjoyed um, managing that. Uh, that now what what I do is I have all the students in the room. They all have to get on Zoom in the room. Oh, and mute okay. themselves and turn their microphones off. But they use the chat and they use the Q&A function. Oh, interesting. Ah. Okay, so you're in person. So that so Zoom becomes your commonality, whether you're just online yes. or in. That's, an, that's very insightful. Um, oh, interesting. That's and so you have to know that you've got the technology, um, yeah. right, that you can handle everybody being online in a room with things not yep. going wacko. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And then I have, um, I've got a couple of students uh, that are helping me. They sit at the front of the room and they monitor the chat and they monitor the Q&A. And if I have a guest speaker, I mean, it could get pretty complicated, right? right I can have a right. guest speaker zooming in from, you know, California to talk to my students. Many of my students are in the room. Others of my students are on, well, they're all on Zoom, but then I've got some remotely and you're and yeah. so I've got a couple of students who, who monitor and they, one of them has got a microphone on and they're, if the speaker says, oh, does anyone have any questions? I've got a student who's reading all those Q&A questions to them. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. 
That is awesome. And that's, you know, the beauty of being a dean, right? That you can make those kind of decisions (laughs) as opposed to those of us on the low life that say, yeah, run all that technology with no one to help you in the room. Ah, That's true. Not bitter, not bitter at all. (laughs) Well, one thing I will tell you that I did as dean is I sent a note out to my entire faculty and said, if you want to hire an advanced undergraduate to help you with your class, I'll pay for it. Oh, that's um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it doesn't cost that much to do that, but it can right. be a huge help to a faculty member. Yeah. Boy, and that great is, experience for the student. Yeah, that wow. is great. And I hope with our millions of listeners around the world yeah. <laughs> who are in that administrative position, they would hear you right then and say, that is a good idea. I'm <laughs> going to idea. make that <laughs> offer to my faculty wherever they are. <laughs> that, that's fantastic. Well, Marie, as you're looking into next semester, what are you projecting? What are you all, um, you know, students are getting ready to register, right? So are you trying to increase the um, face-to-face experience or still letting people change whatever works for them or what um, what are you all doing yeah uh, that's a great question so we are starting the semester a week later than we had planned we're getting rid of spring break and I think that's no mm-hmm. surprise you know I think yeah. most institutions are doing something like that in right. terms of um, what how students how, how faculty teach what modalities they use um, again um, my strong inclination was the faculty know best uh, let's have the faculty choose the modalities, and we landed just where we did this semester. In other words, and, you, and it makes perfect sense. If you're a faculty member who's put a whole lot of time into teaching a class a certain moda- in a certain modality, yeah. are, you know, you're probably going to want to do that the following semester with all the uncertainty and if you're allowed to do it that way. Yeah, so we're about, um, for our classes, for our, you know, we have probably 250 or so sections uh, next semester. And I think 45% of those are somehow they're in person or they're hybrid. Yeah. And then 55% are, are all remote. Um, And I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, And uh, especially with the experience this semester, I'm, I'm really pleased that a lot of faculty members are still willing to teach in person and hybrid considering the fact that a lot of the, 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 the students showing up has been a challenge for some yeah, of these classes. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was teaching um, in person, a hybrid in person and in my 40 student section, I mean, I've said this in many episodes, so I'm sorry <laughs> to continue repeating myself on this, but I was down to five students. And then yeah. when um, two of those five told me they had to quarantine I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not teaching a live class at 8.30 in the morning in person for three students. I just can't yeah. do it. Yeah. yeah. No. So yeah. I've, I've reverted to um, online only and yeah. seems to be going okay, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to I, – I do, I do think a lot about the um, – What's the on-ramp look like after this, as, as this pandemic winds down? Right. How do we, you know, what's, what's that look like um, for faculty and staff? Yeah. And so uh, what, I mean, I know you are a visionary, so you're thinking of that. Do you have ideas on that? that? Um, 
<laughs> I wish I could tell you I did. Uh, I have, I do talk a lot to my leadership team and to my department heads, um, just getting them to think about their own areas and their own teams and, and, um, what getting them to starting to get them to think about what do you need now in right. anticipation of a, of a ramp up it, you know, in the future, cause we're, you know, cause this, we're not going to live forever like this. And people right. are going to come back to their offices. Yeah. People are going to come back. Um, we're, I mean, we're finishing up a media center right now. Well, yeah. media centers are meant to be used. Right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, that's the point of a media center is to have people in the thing and using the technology and working together. So we, we need to, um, you know, and it's going to be weird. We're going to open our media center next semester. Uh, it's going to be, it's, yeah. yeah, but, but it's, you know, I guess the, the advantage is, uh, is that we can, um, we can test drive a lot of things in a really low risk environment. It's not right. like, you know, hundreds of students are going to, if, if a piece of technology doesn't work, it's going to impact hundreds of students. It's not going to. Right. Uh, so I guess that's the upside. The downside is, you know, it's not the start we envisioned for the right, right, right. But plus, the opening reception should be cheaper because less, um, pay, right? <laughs> yes, you are. Although right maybe about more that. alcohol, so maybe, you know, maybe right. it's on balance. <laughs> yep, yep. But it's weird to build a media center, and and the one of the questions you have to address is how are you going to socially distance everything in that right. you know what i mean You're, you've envisioned wow. it one way yeah. and then all of a sudden people are like well do you have to redesign it now yeah and i no we don't have to redesign but we did we had people saying are you, you have to redesign your media center no we don't have to redesign it thank goodness you know all the furniture is movable right right <laughs> right it does so, show you the importance of flexibility right it does. <laughs> isn't it yes yes yeah. So, wow. Well, Marie, now that you're, um, again, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks into this, um, mm. could you, do you have ideas like what's the weirdest thing to you at this point of the pandemic as an administrator and as an employee of a large research university? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I would tell you that there are so there are so many details and assumptions that we made early on mm. that you know it that they just haven't they haven't panned out. So I'll just give you one example. We spent so much time early on um, base we we worked on the assumption that students were going to be like refusing to wear masks yeah, in the classroom. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we had that a lot of that conversation too. And all summer there would be these town hall meetings, and it seemed to focus a lot on what do we do if students refuse to wear masks in the classroom? Yeah, never an issue. I mean, never an I, issue. yeah, not at all. So um, I think that's been um, that's been a that's been eye opening. Just uh, I, I guess it's reinforced to me. The um, just the the understanding that you, you know you, you need to you, you definitely need to to plan, but you also need to be ready to pivot because you're right. you, you know you you 
you're always you're never planning with all every all the facts you need, right? And your the crystal ball doesn't <laughs> uh, unfortunately is very cloudy. Uh, so um, <laughs> just to, to say the, to say the least. So just being um, flexible uh, and being um, uh, giving faculty and staff and students um, a chance to. Uh, to, to give you ideas, to express concerns. Um, and as a leader, I think another thing that, that's come home to me is that um, I, how I approach this is uh, really impacts my faculty and staff and students. If I look like I'm panicking. Yeah. Yeah. Panic. Yeah. Um, so just being, just being steady, being reassuring, um, and, and all with good reason, you know, and also realizing that I have a lot of information they don't. And so right, yeah. um, it's important for me to to remember that um, if, the, if folks are feeling a little uh, much more uneasy than maybe I am, maybe it's because I have more information than they do. And what information should I be sharing huh. to help them? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, but, you know, some of that showing the um, sort of confidence and being the leader um, it seems inconsistent with your scarf wearing for Zoom that you've gotten very <laughs> lax. <laughs> you said. So, yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe I just, you know, I need to get back up on the horse there. Uh, speaking of scarf, <laughs> Deborah Burks came to campus the other day. Oh, she came to our campus too I a little while that. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. And did she wear, she's... did she have her scarves? You bet. She's queen yeah. of scarves. Yeah. So, yeah. I was looking yeah. for it. She had it. looked good. She had a nice, she had it in a nice knot around her neck. Yeah. Right. right. And yes, yeah, a nice, you know, color coordinated. Did, did you feel sort of scarf envy? Like you needed to up your scarf game? You know what's funny? I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Actually. Made me think about it. <laughs> and I have one on now. I want you to know. Oh, well. But I did, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's great. We're not even on Zoom. I know, but I felt like you did, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I do think hanging on to the. So, I've started walking to the office every day. I've sort of tried to get back into my pre-pandemic routine as much as I can. Yeah, um, good for you. it's been it's been comforting. So, yeah. as long as I can do it, and then winter's going to set in, and they're going to they're going to tell us all we got to stay home again. So right. Do it as that, long as I can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that is the big, you know, you talk about the big unknowns. I mean, we're heading into indoor life soon. And, you know, we don't know what that's going to um, entail as far as the pandemic and the university and all of that stuff. Um, so, uh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, hmm. Kelly, do you have any um, lasting, compelling questions that you have to ask um, Marie? No, I can't think of any. This has been fantastic. I feel like maybe I should up my scarf game. You know, I I don't even think I own but about two or three. And now I'm, I'm feeling a lot of scarf envy. Yeah, but the thing is, you have at least 20 different Mickey Mouse ear sets. And so I do. I do have that. That's you right. Know, so I haven't thought about that. Zoom? That might add some color to a Zoom meeting that yes. I hadn't anticipated. Yes. yes. So I think, you know, um, there's different ways that we can feel um, <laughs> we've the game and validate yes. ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yes. Make make your make your mark on Zoom. Just don't smoke and don't fall asleep with it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> advice. Yeah, that's Great right. Advice. Other than that, we're, we're good. Well, Marie, I can hardly believe it, but another um, thirty minutes have gone by, and so it's time to um, close our episode. But we know how busy you are, and we really appreciate that you're willing to come back on the show. Yes. Um, both Kelly and I were, you know, immediately immediately when we thought about who do we want to invite back you were um, at the top of the list and so I just appreciate you um, joining us again yes and hopefully we will not have to invite you a third time I know (laughs) but um, you know we'll see we'll see we hope And so thanks, Marie, for um, joining us today. And Kelly, as always, it's really great to catch up with you every single week on The Pandemic Professors. And I will see you again next week. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.